Welcome to the Refuge Recovery Podcast. Refuge Recovery is a worldwide community of people who are using the practices of mindfulness, compassion, forgiveness, and generosity to heal the pain and suffering that addiction has caused in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. This podcast is for all those interested in and all those already practicing refuge recovery to find freedom from addiction of all kinds. To support this podcast and your refuge recovery, please donate using the link in the show notes. Very good. Welcome, everybody. It is 5 p.m. Um, if you're joining us for the first time tonight, this has been an ongoing series of Thursday night uh, sessions that I've been leading where we've gone through the book. And um, we are now at the back of the book where we're going through the guided meditations. And, um, you know, for the record, this is not a refuge recovery meeting. Um, if you're looking for a refuge recovery meeting, um, please find one on our website, refugerecovery.org, uh, where you'll experience a peer-led uh, refuge recovery meeting. This is an offering of Refuge Recovery World Services, um, where I um, go through the book and give some commentary and also do some Q&A with members of, of Refuge Recovery who are tuning in. So this is different. This is actually a teacher-led uh, Refuge Recovery World Services offering. And um, that is different than the peer-led Refuge Recovery meetings that most of you attend. So tonight we're on... Um, the second of the heart practices of refuge recovery, which is uh, on page 258 of our book, Refuge Recovery Book. And it is the practice of Tonglen meditation. Now I'll say a couple things before we jump into the meditation about Tonglen, um, because this is uh, for many a bit of a departure from the Theravadan Buddhist base uh, perspective of refuge recovery. Refuge recovery is primarily based on early Buddhism. Um, well, that might be called original Buddhism, um, kind of going back to what the Buddha taught, the kind of the simple foundational practices that are preserved in the Theravadan tradition. Uh, Theravadan means the path of the elders been my primary, uh, in my own Buddhist practice, my own recovery, my primary influence has been from Theravadan tradition. And these are um, teachers and, and traditions that come out of Sri Lanka, Burma, and Thailand, South Asia, Southeast Asia. Uh, and then um, this is a practice from a Mahayana or a Vajrayana, a Tibetan Buddhist practice. And uh, something that I learned early on in my recovery, uh, I also feel like as a kind of American Buddhist, where we are introduced to so many different traditions and uh, I'm influenced by Zen and I'm influenced by Vajrayana, uh, but I'm primarily um, interested in early Buddhism. What did the Buddha teach and how can I apply that to my life? And that's been the core of my practice and the core of what uh, made it into to refuge recovery. 
But this Tonglen practice, uh, I find to be so powerful and it's something that I've been doing for decades in my own life, my own practice, uh, that I wanted to include it in the offerings. And I like that it, it gives us a different angle. The other heart practices that we do in refuge recovery are done through this um, uh, recitation of setting and aspiration. We say, may all beings be happy. May all beings be at ease. May all beings be free from suffering. Or may I be happy. May I be at ease. May I be free from suffering. And I think that that's very um, good and skillful and a wonderful practice, this sort of um, wishing. Uh, I think it's as close in, in our Buddhist practice as we get to praying. It's this sort of humbling, humbly asking for uh, inclining the mind and the heart towards kindness, towards compassion, uh, appreciation, uh, even our forgiveness practice. It's this sort of recitation of, uh, of intention. I forgive you as much as I can in this moment. Tonglen lands a little bit differently. And again, the, one of the um, core things that we have to do, that we're trying to do and that we have to do is we have to develop compassion. Uh, we, you know, in order to, you know, so much of our human suffering of our addiction is fueled by aversion to pain rather than compassion for pain. The path to compassion is one of turning towards our pain. And we do quite a bit of this in our mindfulness practice. We sit and we turn towards, and the second foundation of mindfulness, where we turn towards what's pleasant with non-attached appreciation. We turn towards what's unpleasant, our, our perceptions, our experience of difficult, unpleasant sensations, emotions, thoughts, feelings. And this Tonglen practice is a bit of that second foundation of mindfulness, turn towards what's painful and train your heart and your mind to meet it with compassion. The first truth, suffer, addiction is suffering. The Buddha's first noble truth, the normalizing the reality that there is suffering as a given in human existence. We all have pain. We all have suffering. We all experience loss, sickness, aging, death, grief. It's normal. It's not your fault. But how do we deal with it? The normal default uh, setting for us human beings is to hate it. I, I hate pain. I hate grief. I hate uh, sickness and aging and death. I hate all that shit. Is <laughs> normal. But suffering is normal. And here we are in recovery saying, like, I got to break out of this habitual, reactive, very normal way of being, which is hating pain and running from it, us to the point of addiction, whether it's substance or process addiction. We cross that line over trying so hard to avoid our pain, to create pleasure, to and it's a dead end. We all hit that dead end and you know, got desperate enough to say, okay, I need to change. And one of the major changes that we're gonna do is we're gonna stop running from our pain. We're gonna learn to respond differently to our pain. We're gonna turn towards our pain and try to be compassionate, try to be forgiving, try to be merciful towards our pain. So this Tibetan-inspired meditation um, 
teaches us how to do that. Sit down and breathe it in and breathe out compassion. Breathe in the pain, breathe in the suffering, breathe out compassion. And it's this training with the breath, with our own bodies of um, developing compassion. Now, uh, we'll have some discussion afterwards. I'm told that there's been controversy in different refuge recovery communities, different groups, um, about some of the language in the, uh, in the guided meditation. And I borrowed this traditional language from Tibetan Buddhism. And I'm quite open to the discussion that we can have later uh, this evening. Somebody last week uh, said, there's going to be some lively discussion about this because it's a controversial meditation. There's some language about um, color, about breathing in uh, black and breathing out white. And there's some language in the meditation um, about compassion for uh, both um, obese people and starving people. And so I'm, I'm quite open to it and I, um, I, don't have a, a, I don't have much attachment to the language. I'm just borrowing some Tibetan Buddhist language and I feel like I've done in a lot of ways in my life, uh, in my teaching and in the Refuge Recovery book that it's totally okay to edit and change things. We don't have to stick with old traditional language. So I'm open to that, very, very open to it. Um, okay, that's the intro. Tonglen meditation. Tonglen means um, receiving and giving, or giving and receiving. Uh, taking it in and letting it out. Taking in the pain, receiving it, and giving compassion. Giving compassion to ourselves, to each other, and and also receiving the pain. That willingness. This. Uh, even this word compassion uh, in, from the Latin means something like to feel with. And this is part of what we're doing in this is we're being willing to feel not only our pain, but to feel each other's pain and feel the pain in this world and develop a compassionate response to feel with each other. Now, likewise, it's, it's more empathy, right? It's, it's, um, likewise, we also need to do this with pleasure, with happiness. We're not, um, you know, we're not just trying to feel the pain. We're also trying to just like empathize and connect. And sometimes we're connecting with people and helping them celebrate their happiness and their joy. It's called sympathetic joy. I think that might be the meditation next week. Um, so remember, it's not all about suffering, <laughs> although it's a lot of what we're looking at. We're also, uh, will open to joy as we continue this heart training practice. So Tonglen, find a comfortable posture that is alert and upright, but also relaxed and soft. Allow your eyes to close and bring full attention into your heart center. Allow the breath to feel as though it is entering and exiting directly through the heart.
begin to reflect on all the greed, hatred, and confusion in this world we live in. Acknowledge how all beings are suffering on some level or another. Some are dying of starvation. Some are dying of obesity. Some are suffering from oppression. Some are suffering so much that they are, are that they are oppressing others. Turn your heart and mind toward the truth of suffering in this world. Now begin to breathe in all the suffering in the world that you were aware of. Allow your heart to open and be filled with the sorrow of the world. Feel the pain, feel the grief, feel the sorrow. Let it all in. Then breathe it all out. Exhale waves of compassion in all directions. Send mercy and forgiveness to all living beings, to the whole world. Do this over and over, breathing in the suffering, breathing out compassion.
begin to add a visual quality to your meditation. As you breathe in, visualize the pain and suffering as black, heavy, and hot. Breathe in the dark fire of the world's sorrow. As you exhale, visualize the mercy and compassion as white light and cool. Breathe out the soothing, cool, refreshing intention of compassion. Continue the hot, cold breathing for a few minutes.
Next, we come to the personal aspect of the practice. Bringing to mind specific situations in your life that are painful. Breathe into your heart the pain of your life situation. Feeling it completely. Breathe out mercy and compassion for yourself. Over and over, inhale suffering, exhale compassion. Begin to expand again. This time include people in your life whom you love. Breathe in the pain and sorrow of your loved ones. See it as heavy and dark and hot. Breathe out compassion for their suffering. Experience the outbreath as light, white and cooling. Breathe in the sorrow, breathe out loving, caring, compassion.
now expand to include all the people that you do not already love. Include the pain and sorrow of the masses and even of your enemies. Everyone is suffering on one level or another, just like you. Breathe in the suffering of humanity. Breathe out compassion for humanity. Breathe in the pain that closes the hearts of our enemies. Breathe out the compassion that heals the wounds that create the unskillful actions of our enemies. Work with this level for as long as it takes to begin to mean it. Eventually, you will sincerely care for the suffering of all living beings, including the most unskillful of your enemies. Last, we let go of the personal levels of our lives and of the human realm and expand the practice in all directions to include all forms of life, including animals, insects, birds, fish, and so on. Breathe in the pain and suffering of all living beings. Breathe out compassion and love for all the world. In, black, heavy, and hot, out, white, light, and cool. Remember to include yourself in this last section. You are part of this interconnected web of existence.
Now let go of the visualizations and just breathe normally. Feel your breath and body. Pay attention to your heart and mind. Ending the practice with a simple statement. May I awaken the compassionate heart for the benefit of all living beings. May I awaken the compassionate heart for the benefit of all sentient beings. And when you're ready, allowing your eyes to open, bringing attention back to your surroundings, the space you're in. And take a moment to stretch and move and be comfortable. And also reflect on what happens in your mind and in your heart when you turn towards the pain in this world, the pain in your life, when you allow yourself to open to the pain of your loved ones and even the pain and confusion of our enemies. We put a lot of emphasis in refuge recovery on the necessity of forgiveness. This is another aspect of, uh, in order to really forgive our enemies, we have to see their pain. We have to be willing to have some uh, empathy and some compassion for how much suffering we've been in and others have been in in order to cause harm to ourselves and to each other and the harm that's been caused to us. To acknowledge the confusion that that harm that that comes from. So reflecting on your experience with this practice, some of you have likely done um, quite a bit of this in refuge meetings or in your own practice. And for some, um, I imagine it was a bit new. Maybe some of you were just introduced to this practice tonight and it was the first time you did something so radical of actually turning towards what's already here. You know, I'll just make a couple of comments. I wanna to open to some dialogue. There's a, a comment here um, in the chat that says, I experience that it's impersonal. I experience that it's impersonal, something we all have and I, will assume that Tess is referring to suffering. It's impersonal, we all have it. it it's, it's you know something that we all experience. Of course, our suffering feels very personal. <laughs> this is mine. 
Um, but we all we know, and these kind of practices open us to like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm this is part of what connects me with the rest of humanity and even beyond. Um, I have taught this for a long time and have got, I'll, I'll try to maybe address a couple of the questions that might come. Uh, one of the questions I often get around this practice, especially more and more lately in the last decade or so, where there's all of this talk about um, uh, manifesting <laughs> and all of this talk about like only think positive thoughts. So only positive things will happen or, or you know, the secret or any of that stuff that, um, some people that have been conditioned with that and believe it think like, oh no, you don't want to breathe in the suffering. That's breathing in negativity to your life. Um, my perspective, the Buddhist perspective, is that we're actually just acknowledging reality as it is. All this is doing is not being in denial. All this is doing is not uh, lying to ourselves about the reality of our own pain, the reality of our loved one's pain, the reality of the pain in this world. So we're not creating anything. We're not making anything up. All of what mindfulness is about and what the Dharma is about is the attempt to see, you know, like what is awakening? Awakening is like I've been asleep, <laughs> unconscious, and now I want to become conscious. I want to be awake. And when you're awake, you see clearly. And when we see clearly, you see pleasure and pain, sorrow and joy, uh, wisdom and ignorance. You see it. There's a discernment. There's a, a wakefulness to the reality of pain in our lives and in, and in this world taking out any of the, it shouldn't be this way or, and just uh, seeing it. It, it, it is this way. You know, maybe we, maybe it shouldn't. Uh, I'm quick to kind of feel like, oh, there shouldn't be so much injustice. But my practice is uh, uh, to see it first. I want to see, oh, there's all of this ignorance, all of this injustice, all of this suffering in this world. Let me turn towards it and develop compassion from the inside out. And then, you know, we don't stop there, which is like, I feel compassion. There's also a lot of encouragement in refuge recovery, a lot of encouragement in, in Buddhism to uh, be part of the solution, <laughs> be engaged um, with, you know, helping each other and help ending some of the causes of suffering, some of the forms of ignorance. That, that, that there is a, an intention. Can we also use our lives out of compassion, out of sincere compassion to create a positive change on this planet? And we do a lot of that just with each other in the Sangha. Can we tolerate each other and be kind and loving and compassionate to each other? But I um, certainly believe that it's much more than just in our recovery Sanghas. We need to bring this attitude, this experience, this commitment into every aspect of our life. So I see a couple comments in the um, uh, chat box, but if you'd like to dialogue about this, and I'm happy to talk about the language in the meditation, but maybe save that. Let's first talk about the experience and the, the practice 
Um, what's it bring up for you? How has this served you? Um, how does it challenge you? Um, what's, what's your experience or, or questions or comments about Tonglen tonight? Uh, smoke sucker. Um, can you hear me okay? I have kind of a bad internet connection. We can hear you, Vanessa, smoke sucker. The smoke is so bad here. It's like stinks in my house and my eyes are burning. It's like up to a 500 almost. Oof. Yeah, it's rough. Um, so Tonglen, like when I'm feeling solid and like, like when is it wise not to do Tonglen? Like when I'm feeling solid and stable and like I have something to give, I, I can usually do it. But like today and especially like with the like um, public flavor <laughs> after the debate, you know, like there's just a lot of like icky stuff going on. And like a lot of me did not want to breathe any of that shit in. And like, and I'm sitting in like literally in like bad air quality that's killing me. And like, just want to be like, no, I don't want, I, I can't be a vessel for change right now. Like, I just want that stuff. I, I'm like so aversive because it's yucky. Um, it's absolutely okay to be gentle with ourselves in our meditation practice, um, to be um, patient. Uh, I certainly don't want to encourage people to push too hard. And, um, but I do want to encourage us to not avoid practices just because they're unpleasant. And to remember that, you know, all of, and you were saying it like, oh, I'm aversive to it, you know, right? Uh, and sometimes it's that which we're aversive to that, well, that's where the healing is. That's where, but again, in its own time, when you're, uh, and here's the other thing. You said when you're feeling solid, it's easier to do it. And this is one of the practice. This is one of the reasons why daily meditation practice and include this in some of your daily practice. Because if you do it when you're feeling solid, when you're feel, you know, then you'll have more familiarity to it. And when the shit hits the fan, or the neighborhood's on fire, or the country is on fire, <laughs> uh, you'll be like, oh, I know what to do here because this is my regular practice. I'm constantly turning towards the unpleasant with compassion. And you'll be, you know, so you'll, you have that muscle built rather than uh, you're prepared in some ways. And I don't, I don't know what the analogy and like fire, fire preparation in, uh, in your neighborhood is or whatever, but there's some way in which am I prepared for all of the difficulties um, you know, when they come closer and closer to home, whether it's political or environmental. Um, these are the kind of practices that prepare us. 
I think like, I mean, for me, a big thing is like developing the wisdom and discernment to know when to use what, like right now, everything's just kind of muddled in my head. And mm -hmm. so I sit with a lot of stuff and just try and not be so in control and pushing things, which is challenging for me. But um, I'm almost starting to use like my meditations and I don't know if this is skillful or unskillful, but I'm using my meditations as like prescriptions for maladies. So if I'm like having a resentment, I'm doing forgiveness. If I'm having, um, if I have a lot of like self-doubt and, and negative self-talk, I do like meta for self. Um, and so I'm kind of like trying to match up like where I'm at, what I should use for that. And so I can never find a place where I'm like, oh yeah, for the way I'm, am in this current moment, Tong Len would be appropriate. I'm never like, I, you know, I can sit with the compassion practice and this in a way is like, you know, when you're, when we're saying, you know, when we build up from like people we like, people we don't know, people, blah, blah, you know, to people we hate. But I never have a time where I'm like, yeah, Tong Len would fit the bill on this one. Like I do it because I have, like, it challenges me. Like yeah. I don't, it's very uncomfortable for me. So that's why I do it. But I don't know like why I'm doing it. There's a line in there that says something like, um, work with this level for as long as it takes to begin to mean it. Eventually, you will sincerely care for the suffering of all living beings, including the most unskillful of your enemies. And, uh, and you, you've heard me. My experience uh, was similar to yours. A lot of resistance in the beginning for a lot of these heart practices. Um, and then I just kept doing it, even though I didn't really like it. And I felt like in some ways that maybe it was making it worse or I was becoming more and more aware. I didn't really like the, the result of my early loving kindness, compassion, forgiveness practice. But I had enough confidence uh, in the path that I was on that I kept doing it. And eventually I started to mean it and eventually I started to feel it. And, um, you know, and I've come to this place where I feel like Tung Len is is the appropriate response. Compassion is the appropriate response. And if this kind of breathing it in uh, and breathing it out helps you access a feeling of compassion, that's what we need in order to not suffer, in order to create the neuro pathway of non-aversion, right? Rather than like, oh, unpleasant, I don't want to do that. Unpleasant, I know how to do that. I know how to be with that. I've trained my heart to be with the unpleasant. And now, you know, and not to mention as relapse prevention, so that we get really good at being uncomfortable and caring about discomfort, not only ours and others in this uh, way, so that nothing is going to come along that we're going to relapse about, because we know how to be with all of the painful experiences that life will surely bring. Because why, you know, it's really why people relapse, right? It gets too unpleasant. Either that or sometimes people report, I just forgot that I was an addict. <laughs> it wasn't even in that much pain. I just forgot that I was an addict. All of a sudden I was in my addictive process again. So I see some other hands. I hope that that answer yeah. helps. Yeah. Um, Amanda, did I lose your question? I just had a comment. Yeah, sure. Just my experience. Uh, this is my second time 
practicing this and the first one was so painful. Uh, I deal with chronic pain, physical pain, and I, it, it exacerbated my chronic pain the first time I, I experienced it. This time was much easier. Um, and, but I was scared, you know, when you announced it last week that this is what we're gonna do, I thought, oh no, here we go again. Um, and so I was, you know, a little bit scared and apprehensive at the beginning of the practice. Uh, because of the taking it in part and I had completely forgotten about the releasing part and like balancing the two I was like oh yeah the, it's not just and like you said in the intro like it, we're not just focusing on the suffering um it's important that part's important but there's also the other side which is the release and the relief uh, so that was kind of pow powerful for me um, and thank you for reporting that. And I think that this is important for all of us. How often do we do something once and not like it and then not try it again? I mean, also, I mean, or even worse, like we don't even try something in the first place. Uh, in, in, in the 12 step rooms, they have a, a term for that contempt prior to investigation. <laughs> and how often have we been guilty of like, I never tried it, but it sucks. Or I tried it once and, I, and it was painful. So I'm never going to do it again. Um, and so I love this, like, oh, you did it again and it was less painful. Actually, you, you heard something else in it. Breathing out, compassion, breathing out, compassion, focus on that part of the practice. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. And uh, Michelle, please. Good evening, thank you. Um, hi. So I got my official return to work call and this is really appropriate for me because uh, like I didn't want to let go of the suffering that I was breathing in, you know, can you talk about that? Cause it was hard for me to kind of, it, not like I didn't, I wasn't being stingy with compassion or, or any of that. It was just sort of like, I, I, I just kind of, I don't know what, I don't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to let it go. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? You don't want to let go of the um, suffering of not having any work and being. No, no, having nothing to do with work just because of the work that I do is the healing work. You know, it's, it's that I didn't want to, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like, I want to like hold people's pain for them and take it and not give them anything. I don't know. Oh, oh no, I, I like that. Let me reflect on that with you. Um, yeah, that there could be something inside of us that's like, okay, I'll take it all on and I'll just hold it. Yeah. Like cradle, you know, I'll hold it. But, and then I get it almost, we get attached to it and, and um, I don't want to let it go. <laughs> like, wait, I'm holding your pain or I'm holding my pain or I'm walking around with all of my pain over here in a bundle. <laughs> yep. uh, and this practice that's saying, it's okay to let it go, breathe mm -hmm. it out. Um, I read this wonderful, uh, you know, one of the ways that Tonglen, there was this teenager, uh, you know, Tibetan Buddhist Lama who, you know, reincarnated and, you know, he's a teenager and, you know, and they throw him as a teenager into being a Dharma teacher. And um, he was um, being interviewed. And in this interview, uh, he said, the, the interviewer said, well, what are you teaching your students? You have all these people that are coming to you and you're just a teenager. And he's like, well, I just teach them this Tonglen. He said, I think of myself uh, not so much as a Dharma teacher, I think of myself as an air conditioning repair dude. And that human beings are like air conditioners and that Tonglen is like air conditioner. You breathe in the hot air and your heart purifies it and turns it into cool air. <laughs> you breathe in the hot suffering 
and your heart and mind has this ability to then trans uh, transmute it into this cool, compassionate care air, <laughs> um, which is, you know, some of the imagery in the meditation. Yeah, that makes sense. And literally just before you said it, I was like, oh yeah, transmutative. Got it. So that makes sense. All right. Good. Nice to see you. Thank you. Uh, Jason. Yeah. Hey, Noah. Um, I think you asked in there, uh, maybe like how it, how you find this serving, um, serving ourselves, this type of meditation. And I was, I've never done like a tongue lend this meditation particularly before, but lately, like compassion has been a very large theme an ongoing theme. Um, and I find in the way it's served, it's been serving me just like trying to extend that compassion outwards. Um, you know, and like just, and being cognizant of it kind of on the daily is just to like, it's, it's helping me not take things so personally because, you know, like, like just use an example of like somebody, let's just say in the line at the grocery store is an asshole to me for no reason. Not that I, I respond appropriately every time. I'm not going to give myself that much credit, but uh, it just, it does help me just to remind myself that like everyone is suffering. Everyone's got, everyone does have some sort of pain. And at the end of the day, ultimately, most of us are just a projection, you know, of our own reality. And, and it just, it, it really makes me like be at peace and come to terms with that fact that like, more times than not, the, the random stranger or even somebody, you know, being an asshole to you is just, you know, it's their suffering making its way outward. So I just try and, you know, let the compassion be a reminder to be, to, uh, to be a force for good instead, you know? Absolutely. Glad, I'm glad that it landed like that. And thank you for those, those reflections. Yeah, thank you, Noah. Yeah, welcome. Jen. Um, hello, thank you for that. Um, well, this was really cool because um, I'm used to doing the opposite and I like the way that um, neurologically, you know, in a le I'm a left-hander in a right-hands world and doing all those things really kind of massage this whole area up in here and I, I really dig it. So in the beginning, I don't know why, but the Rolling Stones came by. It might have something to do with your tattoos, man. And, rocking out oh so it was like you're not the only one with mixed emotions and then i was like can't breathe in it's like acdc ride the lightning and then fucking yanni came out <laughs> it was a toss-up between <laughs> so then like this uh, in my visual field the third eye shit is starting to turn into a fucking cyclops and it's starting to make me laugh so I'm like, I'm going to need to lose that analogy, but that's really what I feel like. I'm like, can people see me? Like I have one big eye. Um, but anyway, the enemy part, um, I plugged myself into that one, not because of self-sabotage, you know, but I, I do feel like certain aspects of myself, um, why not run it through? Like you said, the air conditioner, if I can um kind of breathe in what i know to be my own shit you know like fear selfishness whatever else and try to work through myself we're the only ones that can fucking help ourselves anyways when it comes to self-love so that's what i tried and i don't know if that's skillful or not to plug myself in as the enemy i would um you know just look at the results is it helping you 
forgive yourself and love yourself. And, um, you know, there is a section already there as self. And of course, we are uh, both a friend and foe to ourselves. Sometimes we're doing positive things like meditating and, you know, uh, being of service and and sometimes we're doing negative things that are causing you know we're believing the judging mind or um, but I, I always come back I think kind of the the test is for any meditation for any practice is is it helping me not suffer so much and plugging myself in as the enemy in that way is that is that helping so just you know look at look at the results can I say, I like what you said about manifesting too. I really do because, you know, I won't take much time at all, but yay, I got sober a year ago and I'm going through a fucking divorce and I'm a single mom. So there's only a certain amount of like, oh, peace and joy, you know, and I'm a chrysalis and now I'm a butterfly. <laughs> there's only so much, you know, it's like fucking wrung out, you know, hard, you know, <laughs> fucking out whatever else I can get and I figure this is a great tool to whittle myself down to a very sparkly fucking gem at the end huh. uh, thanks welcome good to see you uh yeah. Karen last one we'll end here oh did I lose you Karen Karen from Chicago, did you still have a question or did you not have a question anymore or comment? Okay, um, a lot of uh, interesting comments in the chat. You guys can look over. Um, there's one, one there that maybe I'll reflect on. There's a question, I don't know exactly how it was, but um, somebody said during the meditation, something like, I'm paraphrasing, something like, uh, my mind kept wondering, like, is this an advanced practice? <laughs> um, is this suitable for beginners? Uh, it's one of the reasons why I brought up that teenage Tibetan Lama who was saying, you know, this is just the only instruction I give anybody that comes to see me, <laughs> that this is just where we start. We start with like breathe in the pain and breathe out compassion. This is the core skill that I want people to, to build with. So um, all of the practices are uh, appropriate. Um, we tend to, you know, Refuge Recovery says, hey, start with mindfulness and forgiveness and alternate mindfulness and forgiveness. Um, and then start to expand. Now start to learn the loving kindness and learn the Tonglen and learn the compassion. But, you know, alternate the loving kindness and the forgiveness as the foundation. Um, and probably if you're doing a bit of forgiveness, people maybe would feel the same way about forgiveness practices. Like, hey, is this really a, for beginners? Because <laughs> it's bringing up all my shit. Um, I don't know, but my sense was so many people get into recovery and don't address their resentments and don't develop compassion. And it's, I think it's one of the main reasons why people don't stay. And I, I hope that Re Refuge Recovery is creating a foundation for people of building real skills that will allow us to maintain 
one, you know, long-term abstinence and, and real transformation and real awakening because of this very difficult work that we're doing and that we're not just avoiding the behaviors or the substances, we're addressing our pain. We're healing, we're waking up. Um, so yes, it's appropriate to start that right from the beginning, from my perspective. And like I said to Vanessa, it's okay to be gentle and, and take your time. And, you know, I certainly don't want to encourage people to be too macho about their meditation practice or too, you know, like take your time, but don't avoid it. It's that balance, not too tight. Don't be too uptight, but also don't be too loose. Don't be too lazy. <laughs> Steadfast commitment to engaging with our own minds and our own hearts and each other. Um, and it's gonna be uncomfortable. I would go as far, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, that if your meditation practice feels good all of the time, you're not doing it right. <laughs> if you're sitting around having a good time when you're meditating all the time, then you're avoiding some serious shit in your life. <laughs> uh, because when we get real about our hearts and our minds and our pain, it's hard. It's like breathing in fire sometimes. But then we have to learn to breathe out compassion. So we'll leave it there. Um, thank you. This uh, is done weekly as a offering to the community. And in some way or another, it's also done as a benefit for, for uh, Refuge Recovery World Services. Any donations that you give on Thursday nights for the talk go directly to Refuge Recovery World Services. I don't receive any stipend or anything like that. So please be generous and, and give. I don't know, maybe if I told you you were giving to me, you'd be more generous. Um, so maybe, you know, but it's not the case. It's just, uh, this is a benefit that I do for the, for the organization. Um, and please consider doing a five or 10 or $15 donation on Thursdays to help support what we're doing um, in Refuge Recovery World Services to support the program and the infrastructure. And, um, you know, Joseph is working so hard on uh, creating a healthy environment and, and structure for refuge recovery, as well as Rachel and Russ and myself on the board of directors, where we're, you know, we're giving our time and energy to um, try to create something that is sustainable and reproducible and um, you know, we're, we're working hard on it. We're, we're in the midst of trying, uh, there's a, a meeting starting in Russia, in Moscow. And so like now we're kind of like, okay, now how do we translate uh, the book and make sure the translation is good uh, and that we're not mm. losing the meaning and all of that. If there's any Russian speakers that have been involved in, uh, uh, refuge, you're going to reach out to Joseph if you, you know, are bilingual and you speak Russian and you know what our program is about and you could read it and make sure the translation is, we're looking for some help in that Russian translation. And we also um, have been working on a Spanish translation. And um, anyways, I'll leave it there. Many goodness that comes from our practice be shared with all of the suffering beings and all realms of existence. 
And may each one of us develop more and more compassion for ourselves and for each other, and even for our enemies. And together, may we create a positive change on this planet. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Refuge Recovery Podcast. To learn more about our program of recovery and to connect with others on the Refuge Recovery Path, visit our website, refugerecovery.org, where you will find information, meditations, and links to both in-person and online Refuge Recovery meetings. This podcast is brought to you by Refuge Recovery World Services, a nonprofit created to support our network of Refuge Recovery groups around the world. Thank you for listening.